Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Monsu. I'm joined, as always, remotely once again by my lovely, wonderful co-host, Alexander Voltz. Say hello. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is a brand new discography, more or less, per episode. And today we are talking about... Joy Division. Oh, bring out the tissues. This is the perfect time to listen to a band that's going to crush your spirits and your soul when we're not allowed to leave our fucking houses again. How many quarantine episodes is this? Like four or something? We've been knocking them out. Yeah, this is like four. Also, I don't know if we've had like a band in a while where we both like went in fairly cold. No, this isn't cold for me. I've, I'm very oh, familiar. Okay. I've heard all these albums before. Uh, Never mind. Yeah, uh, I uh, longtime fan. Longtime fan of the old Joey Divisions. But before we get into that, if you like us and want to support us, please subscribe on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and wherever you fucking want. Or you cannot do that. But please actually do do that because we need you to do that. And if you're listening and you like us, then you want to help us, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do that, please, for the love of God. Also, be sure to check out the Joy Division playlist on Spotify that we have put together. You could find uh, links in the description of wherever you're listening and watching, as well as everyalbumever.com. We have playlists associated with every single goddamn episode. And uh, we're going strong because during quarantine, we got nothing to do. We're not, we have no choice but to keep doing this stupid <laughs> bullshit. So, <laughs> it's please. still work. Yeah. Still work. It is. It actually is. Like, it's not work when we, when, I feel like I feel like it's not work when we actually start. It's like like everything else. It's the sitting down and starting that is always the hardest. It's like with diet and exercise, the same bullshit. Yeah, it's always the moments before a brand new band that I I, I just prolong it and I procrastinate. <laughs> and as soon as I start, I'm like, oh yeah, this is fun thing that I do every week. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I feel like I rush through plugs so fast that I, I probably miss something. But you know what? Fucking whatever. We're gonna we're gonna Fuck keep it. we're gonna keep we're gonna keep on trucking. Oh god. So, Joy Division. You cold. You know nothing of Joy Division, or you knew nothing I, going in. I know Love will tear us apart, which everyone does. Okay. Um. I know that album cover is fucking beloved one of the most unknown pleasures the album cover worn t-shirts it's also very iconic one of the the more hilariously parodied t-shirts uh that you could find all over the internet it's so easy it's great um (laughs) yeah uh joe division they are uh i don't know i mean they started punk they started in the, the early punk scene you know late 70s and they then they quickly became what i guess can be called post punk uh, it's a really, really broad subgenre, uh, but when I think post punk, I think Joy Division, I think Killing Joke, I think bands that are hard—they don't sound at all like each other, but they're all in the same camp of punk in spirit, but not in sounding. I feel like, yeah, it's uh, more like a a mindset, if you will, than a than a natural genre. To me, it's it's like bands who have like that punk mentality, but they play something uh, different. That's one thing I really love about, about early punk is that I guess like logically, it seems like, uh, yeah, from, from the early days, it branched off and it became 
hardcore punk, which it did, but that was just one tiny, one tiny branch or one tiny uh, fork in the road that it took. Like it also became new wave and also became goth stuff. And it also became like all these other things. Like they, they all came from punk. They all sound nothing like it. Hardcore punk is the only one that kind of retained, I guess, like the, the, the simplicity of it, but bands like joy division, um, definitely came from that. And, uh, they're largely associated. I think most people can agree on like the fucking sad people, sad people with fucking black clothing and hating the world and crying. I know I was fucking definitely in that camp when I listened to them as a, as a young boy. Yeah. They kind of took what like Susie and the Banshees and the cure did and made it. What? How do I want to say this? Like, more intense, I guess. Yeah, they're they're an interesting band. Um, I started listening to them at the age of thirteen. I remember that very vividly because uh, of all the things that uh, their albums are associated with for me. And they like it's one of those things where there's no uh, mistaking the year because of like I heavily associate with these albums. The weirdest, with the weirdest <laughs> association, the the game Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil Four had just come out, which was two thousand five, and I had these albums were on rotation while playing the game. So like they're like they're tied like that in, um, debase not debase or that's a song. Uh, Doolittle from the Pixies. Like that's another album that's yeah. heavily associated with that video game, um, in that time period, being thirteen and being a fucking just on the wrong path uh morally and in terms of my entire social life but uh and i, I it was like around the time i was getting more into to punk stuff and uh i didn't know a lot of people who who liked them um yeah i i uh i really liked them my brother got me into them of course as he did with most things that were not common for children to be listening to and i remember this is just a a, a side anecdote I remember this girl, I fucking like, God damn, like she was seemed cool because she, she was older than me. She was a year older than me. But like when you're a kid, that seems like a lot. And she liked punk stuff. And I was like, Oh cool. An older girl, girl who likes punk stuff. And I remember bringing up joy division. She's like, yeah, I don't listen to music like that. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, how do you, did you shut? I don't know what you're done. You're out of here. I don't like you anymore. Uh, but yeah, I have a fondness for this band. I haven't heard them in a long time. So it was weird going back. It was like a, it was a fucking time machine listening to these albums again. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny how much I used to love Interpol, mm-hmm. and I like never like ventured over to Joy Division because Interpol is so like heavily influenced by them. Mm-hmm. That the, uh, the, the, it uh, doesn't really make any sense that I didn't give them the proper listening to until now. Also, I think Interpol fans and Joy Division fans, they seem very uh, standoffish, if that's a not too bold way to put it. They seem like assholes. <laughs> like I, I've, I've not met like that whole, especially with like gothiness and and anything kind of loosely associated with the punk. There's a lot of elitism. There's a lot of uh, you don't know. You, what do you know? What do you know about? Like it was <laughs> really heavy on that. Uh when I got more into that, those genres and scenes and stuff, like who the fuck, like this, who, you do you own the band, you asshole? Like, who, like I don't know. That's it is a lot of that with indie music. It's a fucking weird thing. Like, 
you don't own these artists, man. They, they do what they want and they want more people to hear it. So like, I don't know. It's weird. Weird. But I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Like, how do you mean? Like you feel like the band is your, well, when you're younger, yeah. like you feel like it's, it's like your band. Mm. And then if it gets bigger or like someone you don't like was, it, yeah, it, it doesn't it. feel like it's, it's yours anymore. It's a very uh, stupid attitude to have. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember going through those, uh, emotions. As oh, a, hell yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I'm, kid. I'm, I'm shitting on it. I mean, I'm shitting on it retrospectively as an, as a guy who learned the hard way, everything in life, I learned it, fucking everything the hard way. But, <laughs> uh, so let's start with the, uh, what do we know? What do you know? I know, I know the, the, the bullet point. I know the main things that happened, but for everyone else. Yeah. They, uh, man, I forgot to write down the band members, but two of them went to a Clash concert and they didn't know each other. And they posted an ad and they were like, oh shit, we were like both at that concert. Like it inspired us so much. And then so uh, they started the band. They didn't always have Ian Curtis as the singer, but eventually they. Not to cut you off, the original members are. uh Bernard Summer and Peter Hook. Yeah, that's those the, two. Respectively, the guitarist, keyboardist, and bassist. But go on. Yeah, so uh, Ian Curtis wasn't always in the band, but they bought him in. And uh, yeah, they started off as a, a punk band, which we'll, we'll touch on. And, yeah. uh, I believe they were called Warsaw when they first started. Yeah, after a uh, David Bowie song. And then... It's so funny, like listening to this, like kraut rock is not a like, uh, it's not like a cool, cool genre to be into. It's very, it's not, I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I personally, I fucking think kraut awesome, rock is, but it's so good, but it's very nerdy. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not very nerdy. It's like, nerdy. And also normal people would think you're, uh, mentally ill if you, if you show them like, most crap rock fans i think like i did hear i did one time uh i was at a coffee bean and a can song came on i was like whoa hold on a second what the, what's happening here but it was like a really accessible can it was like a, a can song that can pass as a pop song uh, yeah didn't have like you know the, the 10 minute dicking around fest that they they often do but anyways so i'm listening to this and i'm like man they're like if they were part of like the kraut rock scene, they'd probably get that label too, because, uh, and then sure enough, looking up their influences, they love can, they love noise. So mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. You know, thinking about a lot of the stuff like right now, I, I can definitely, see, I didn't think about the comparison during the albums, but that's, that's actually pretty apt. Uh, well, I always think about like, like simple driving, driving, Beats and repetitive drums is like a hallmark of crowd rock. Uh, Yeah. Or can, I guess. Not that I think uh, Joy Division is repetitive, but there were times where it's like, yeah, it doesn't really like. There aren't like these crazy bridges or or fills or anything. It's just. It's a lot of rock light. It's a lot of elaboration on us on a, on one single musical concept. Every song is kind of like that. They'll have like one yep. melody, one bass line. It'll it'll just keep layering on top of that. Um, that's pretty also, much universal with the band. 
also, I guess we should say their uh, producer, Martin Hannett, is like uh, their George Martin. He's very uh, instrumental in the, the way they ended up sounding. Mm-hmm. He's like their unofficial member. Gotcha. So we are going to be talking about three albums today. They, are, they only officially released as a band two albums. The first one in 1979, the last one 1980. Very short career, extremely short career. But we're going to be talking about the Substance compilation, which was released in 1988. It has a bunch, has like their first EP and a bunch of like a bunch of well-known singles. It has Level Terrace Apart on there. It's like, it's canon enough. Uh, so we're going to talk about those three. Jump into it. Uh, I will say also before jumping into it, that if they did not have compilation albums, this would be a a messy, messy uh, discography. So uh, good on the band and the label for recognizing Mm -hmm. it's kind of a mess. We need some uh, compilation albums to. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right. This is 1979. First album, Unknown Pleasures. Love this so much. It's so good. Beautiful guitar line. Already, it's poppy, but it's already pretty sad. <laughs> it has that just that melancholy to it. Yeah, I know it's that, but uh, they can do songs that are relatively upbeat, and then you hear the lyrics and they're just like destroyed. Like it's in his bass line. love that bass line so much. It's like incorrect, but it fits somehow. Oh, so damn good. So damn good. Ah, oh, boy. Are we, are we doing a, a, a best worst thing on this episode or is this so short? It's that- super, super short, but it's, it's kind of obvious. Best, best personal favorite for me. I don't know about you. I'm... See, I'm gonna catch flack. Ah, uh oh, uh oh. That's an amazing album, though. I totally get why uh, people pick this one over the other one because mm-hmm. it's short discography. It's no brainer. Yeah. This, yeah. At the time, I totally get why it was so revolutionary. Uh, this, the the production on it is so fucking crazy. It's for the unbelievable. Time. The production is perfect and i don't mean like it's the best sounding album it's just it, i mentioned this with, it fits it fits i mentioned this with the birthday party episode episode 33 33 shit i think it was 33 yeah um that w- with with the the birthday party's junkyard where it's not exactly good production it's just made for the band that band is supposed to sound the way that album sounds uh that's with unknown pleasures is for joy division for sure it's cold yeah. and sad and hopeless and empty and fucking painful like every song sounds that way and um 
I brought up the producer earlier because they would not sound like this without him. Like they, they credit him mm-hmm. as like, they didn't really know what they were doing. So they were this like, okay. Like they gave him so much like control. Mm-hmm. And so like he insisted on, on the singles. Like there's a lot of things that sound electronic about the drums but that's just because he insisted that each single drum be recorded on separate tracks. <laughs> so he had, he had comp- at least on the singles uh-huh. because yeah. So like on, on like she's lost control, which is like unbelievable. One of, it's one of the, one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs ever now. Yeah. Like, no, it's my favorite joy division song for, for sure. It's the, okay. That song, not only did it wreck me as a kid, but it holds up so well. It's oh my god. Okay, there's two bases in there. <laughs> there's fucking two bases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's the main. There's like the main hook is a bass line, a really high player high up on the neck, and then during like the chorus part, there's a second bass on top of it. Uh, obviously, you it couldn't be played like that live. You can find live footage of the song. It is not the same. This version of the song is just fucking perfect. And there's yeah, um, that's, all, no one else does that's, two bases. <laughs> Uh, what about Spinal Tap? Big oh, Big Bottoms. bottoms. Uh. <laughs> um, that's the other thing is like if you if you find like live footage of the band that these songs sound so different because they were not like ready for what the the producer was gonna do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that song's like I also probably should have mentioned that the singer had epilepsy and he had seizures yeah he had there's one actual famous photo of him having a seizure it's the only one captured uh with him oh, having shit. one on stage uh yeah he he was epileptic it was a and i think that's that's what she's lost control was actually about um yeah I, w- I was gonna say as uh someone who gets migraine headaches that song is so relatable because it's just about your body fighting you yeah. and yeah it's uh it's tragic it's, yeah oh man for me, a very relatable song, right. and I I listened to it like a million times when I when I heard it. It's so good. It's I'm glad you love it because that's that song is just it's unbelievable song, uh, and it's so many on here like the opening track, Disorder, fucking wonderful. Uh, Day of the Lords, it's slow and fucking oh, it hurts so much. It hurts. Oh, that's that's an interesting song too because it's about trench warfare, and you don't really like associate the way joy division sounds with like a, you know, an older war like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, it's very much in house for what they, they sing about, especially like trench warfare is one of the most horrific things ever. So, so it fits, uh, another favorite of mine on here was uh new dawn fade took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. So good. It's, it's one of the most epic songs ever. It's like fucking, um, it's like black Sabbath mm-hmm. and can have like a baby. And even the solo at the end reminds me a lot of black Sabbath and man, we're putting on, uh, we're putting on some new Don Vades cause that song is so damn good. There we go. Of course, it takes an hour to start. Uh, 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 uh,
man, like everything sounds so cold. Like I don't know how do you make an album sound cold, but this whole album sounds that way. It's weird. Yeah, I, I just think for like how much tinkering uh, Panic did, he was just able to like be very focused on a particular sound. It's fascinating, like because I mean tons, countless albums fucking throw reverb on instruments and it doesn't have that this empty dark and sad feel it's a it's a very spe- it's specific not only to like the way it's produced but like the songs really bring it out of it too because these are fucking hopeless songs listen to this guitar line <laughs> also like um, we'll talk about it later the he didn't always like sing in this like trademark like monotone deep Deep voice. I'm glad he brought up his voice because he's one of the worst singers I think of all time. He's a fucking mm. awful singer. Ian Curtis cannot cannot sing, and it's infuriating uh, because he has uh, a voice that is very distinct. It is very definitive to Joy Division sound. He can't hit the right notes. He can never hit the right notes, <laughs> and it is unbelievable how bad he sounds sometimes uh, on this one on this whole album. It's somehow because of the way it's produced and the way how how depressing the songs are, it gets lost in there. Like you don't pay so much attention to how many wrong notes he's hitting because it sounds like he's just hopelessly depressed and it fits the sadness of the entire album. So you don't you're not actually. It's like what's uh, I remember nothing the, the the closing track, which is this slow fucking punishing, really eerie, and there's a lot of. Sp- Bass and silence in it. He hits every single wrong note. Every single note he tries is wrong, but you don't pay attention because of how just ugly and sad everything is. It's 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 lucky. <laughs> it's lucky. <laughs> you don't always have to be technically proficient. I wouldn't even if say you're able to be if you're able to capture uh, an emotion. Mood and, it's yeah. all the emotion, and the reason why like I I don't want to shit in it so much on here is because it fits the mood of the album in other parts of the discography. I'm going to tear into him very viciously, very viciously. Jesus he, Christ. Here, this, here, it's not bad. This is why you can't have nice things. No. And I um, love it. I love this album and I like this band a lot. And I, they're a big, important part of my childhood, but facts is facts. Motherfucker. <laughs> he can't sing. <laughs> I will say, I will say I wasn't, expecting to be like blown away by any like one individual component of the band but when shadow play came on like Mm. i really like the guitar playing on that song like um so yeah after that song i was just like man the the guitar players is crazy and not that like the bass player and the drummer aren't but uh, like I said, I just thought it was going to be one of those bands where it's like everyone is kind of as a whole. No one's going to really steal the show, but mm. on on Shadow Play, guitar really took it for me there. That song, and I mean a lot of a lot of their songs in general. It's the guitar playing. It's obviously they're started out as a punk band. They're not like crazy musicians, but it'll do this thing where the bass comes in, bass usually starts it off somehow, and then you think the guitar is going to follow it somehow. And then it goes, it just goes somewhere else. It goes somewhere else. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, Whoa, I wasn't expecting 
to feel this way immediately. Um, interesting songwriters, good songwriters, clearly. Um, I don't think Candidate is terrible, but it is low energy and it comes on way early in the album. It's like track three and it's like, you're, dr- whoa, that's like, you had such a, a powerful opening with Disorder <laughs> and Day of the Lord and then you throw one of the, the fucking weakest ones. Uh, I don't like Wilderness very much. Inner Zone does, shouldn't even be on this album. It's just a Damn. punk song. It's a punk song. It is a watch. Like we we put on a couple of clips and they were like these fucking hopeless, sad sounding, and then you get this shit. <laughs> fucking ro- rock and roll. Yeah. He's got those fucking Iggy Pop like in the background. Fucking Stooges. It sounds like the Stooges. It does fit seamlessly over it. It does, but uh, it's that's also weird that song too because of it's still it's produced the same way as the other song, like all cold and hopeless. But the song is like a feel good rock and roll Stooges ripoff. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was so like caught up in it that uh, it didn't even. For whatever reason, it wasn't even like uh, a sore thumb that that jarring, and until you uh, pointed it out mm. to me, so that's uh, in all in all fairness, definitely, huh? definitely something I'm gonna keep in mind when I uh, revisit the album on future listens. That's uh, d- uh, in all fairness, uh, I didn't notice it until this listen. Until I for okay. I was listening for this part, like as a kid, I never paid attention and noticed it. Um, but yeah, when you, when you look at how, uh, like in, in the past few episodes, I've, I've been criticizing albums for being, uh, for not, uh, mixing it up enough, or I would say like there, it's only one mode. Um, the reason why I always picked something that had just a bunch of different styles over the one mode is because usually it's really hard to, to get one mode throughout the entire album and it still be interesting. This is one of those rare instances where it, the, all the songs seem the same and it kind of sound the same. But it's a short album, and each one, uh, they're they're depressing, but they're not like they're not gonna take away your your entire soul the way like a, a Swans or like a Neurosis might take your soul. Um, no, they. I mean, unless you're paying attention to the vocals, it's uh, or the lyrics, the yeah. actual lyrics, yeah. Um, and I think that's you know why why like the rest of the band you know new order has some like some poppy stuff so mm-hmm. i think that's able that's part of why they were able to have that that versatility for sure and also another reason why i'm, I'm giving this best is because this is the only one of their albums that i think is really re-listenable because we're gonna give a i'm gonna give a tad of a spoiler there it gets real upsetting with with future listens not not this album future albums this one mm-hmm. is like it's really dark it's really sad it's really cold but the songs are so so damn good that like you still kind of want like it's like a like a sunbather from deaf heaven where it's like for me it's one of yep. the most depressing albums ever but i just it, the songs are so good i keep wanting to hear it over and over again uh it's just like that whereas we'll get to the second album in a little bit which i feel is a bit of a bummer <laughs> Uh, but like again, I still don't think it's super consistent. Like the you know the songs I mentioned, Inner Zone, Wilderness, Candidate. Um, but the the good songs are just 
fucking amazing. Yeah, they're they're all home home runs. I kind of like Wilderness. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was. Uh, I was debating if that one should go on the playlist or not. But interesting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was this, uh, you know, it's always scary going into uh, an album with such uh, critical appraise mm. and, and love. And uh, so it definitely lived up to all that. I'm surprised. Like, the more praise an album has with me going in, like, the more I feel let down just because, like, even if it is good, like, like uh, I heard this example used all- Oddly enough, on on Tiger King, which uh, I don't know how relevant it's going to be by the time this episode comes out, but it's a pretty fucking big deal during the quarantine. Like it's the main thing people watch, and uh, a comedian I like was saying, "Look, it's fucking it's real good, but like the way everyone was hyping it up, if I had found this on my own, I would have said, oh, you have to see this. This is amazing.' But because everyone." had that experience everyone saw it and then said oh my god you have to see this it, it dilutes it for like finding something good on your own always is always way more amazing than someone showing you what they think is amazing um what did we just fucking talk about mike being an elitist asshole <laughs> what 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 <laughs> what you learn you learn you learn nothing you learn nothing <laughs> like it's you're right. You're right. Uh, but the thing is, it's always because it's it's all hype. Like uh, it's harder to sure. yeah. It's hard to appreciate something with hype. It's just it's a weird thing. Like you have to really separate it and then appreciate it for what it is. Because it is. It doesn't. It's not less good because someone's hyping it up. Also, I feel like when something has such like critical appraise, people are scared to like bash it or like look crazy if they don't like it. And. uh yeah, you can. Uh, we do it. We do it all the time. Unfortunately, but, uh, yeah. In this instance, uh, we happen to uh, stars align with. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, a lot of those. Hype. There's, you know, this isn't even related. I mean, it's related, but it's not a band related. Uh, the fucking Clash. I didn't realize that London Calling is like a hundred percent across the board, everywhere, like everywhere. It has like a hundred on fucking Metacritic or whatever or something or everything gave it perfect scores. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's good. <laughs> it's not fucking part. Like what? <laughs> I'm so feel, flabbergasted by that. <laughs> I feel like we're going to do that one day. <laughs> we are. Uh, but that's another thing. Like I would like it probably a lot if I, if I, everyone in the world didn't say it's the best album ever. Like that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some pressure involved and uh and yeah, or yeah, you this you this build it up in your head and then in some in some instances they it nothing can add up, so I get it. Yeah, but this is still my best favorite. I hold this album very dearly. Um and it holds up. I was uh, expecting to not like it as much. I was expe- actually expecting uh, Curtis's vocals to get on my nerves more, but here, like, like I said, man, it's just a, a real cohesive, full, really fucked up, un- upsetting package. So it, it damn near uh, should work for anybody who likes sad music. Anyway, next album, last album, technically when they were a band, this is 1980, Closer. <laughs> Thank you. 
such such a cool beat. Great beat. Great beat. Tribal. It's poppy. It's fucking catchy as hell. that the, the drums have an actual melody to it because of the way they're tuned. Yeah. A socially acceptable version of the, the birthday party, this particular song. Way more socially acceptable. Yeah. Like, if it went off the rails, it'd, it'd be uh, a birthday party song. Yeah. This is the way This is the way I also really like, I really like how that, that vocal line is oddly sad compared to the poppiness of the rest of the song. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of similar to uh, Disorder, similar openings. Uh Obviously, this is a personal favorite. This is your Um, one? Like, this at the time, and I don't know if it's because I was just riding so high on the previous album, like, this felt tighter to me. Really? They're both, yeah, they're both amazing albums. Like, it's uh, really like a flip of the coin. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's real hard. I've heard, Uh, I've heard that before. A lot of people just like they're they're as good as each other. Um, this one, going back to it like this, because I, I listened to this a lot as a kid too. Uh, they, I, it never felt so much like a different band than this. Mm, listen to it, really. Like, it's, I mean, first of all, the the, the production is way worse, way you not think good. So. It's not bad production. It's really, uh, it's really garagey, like garage rock, um, mm-hmm. which is. It's not exactly, it's not bad. It's cool. And it has like that live, especially the vocals and drums. They have that really in the room sounding uh, kind of uh, feel to it. But I like the cold and sadness of the first album. Like, sure. Yeah. I, I still think this is, uh, you know, cold and sad, but in a different way. I think um, the writing is more cold and sad. So more so than the production for sure. One thing that does frustrate me about this band is uh, reading people say like, oh, it was um, because this was uh, released two months after he died. Okay. Another posthumous thing. Yeah. Very uh, similar. We should probably uh, go over his death. I mean, like while we're here. Yeah. So it was most likely a suicide, right? I thought it was a guaranteed suicide. Yeah. Like it was good. Really? I thought he hung himself while listening to Iggy Pop's The Idiot. Oh, I didn't read shit. I didn't yeah. read that Iggy Pop. Yeah. Yeah. But um I mean the uh we didn't really get into it, but uh a lot of the songs on the previous album, this album, you know, he was married very young, oh, had yeah. a child very young. Uh this dude was a baby. A- he was real young. Yeah, I also had a mistress, so a lot of these songs are about, you know, and he, he kind of knows, or he does know what he's doing is wrong. And so it's a lot of uh, battles inside, uh, specifically on this one, like Heart and Soul is a good example. The Heart and Soul being his his wife, 
and then his mistress. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the epilepsy was getting bad. The seizures were getting bad. And a lot of people say like, oh, it's it's so obvious if you read his lyrics that he was suicidal. Like, you know how much dark shit is on it, we, a lot of it? We, we listen to so much dark shit from singers who are still alive and Dude, not at all. Yeah. So, so take so it, take any any early Swans release, and I and and I I promise you, you will think that Michael Gira or Gira should be locked up because of he's psychotic, sure. not only suicidal but murderous and fucking yeah no 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 like is it just words man you never know so yeah so yeah all the fans who are like oh it's it's so obvious like no no. You can, if people knew suicides were obvious, obviously people would stop them from happening. Or at it's least never. Try. Yeah, it's very rarely obvious. So that's something I I don't like. But that has nothing to do with the music. Um. Damn, you want a song called "Isolation" on there? Uh, and uh, I, it's actually. Huh? It's actually about like the joys of being alone. One of the few songs that uh, I I hear that it's a weirdly appropriate song to listen to during a quarantine. However, I hate the song a lot. Sure, uh, it is a ridiculous electronic dance song, and I'm going to put it on for all of you now. Here we go. Track two, by the way. Yeah, very early. This is fuck, man. It's like in the vein of craftwork, but like bad. <laughs> People like this song too, right? Am I, am I mistaken with that? I think it's a pretty popular song. Yeah, this is when you like. Oh, new order, totally. Yeah. Boy. Ooh, he sounds rough. All right, all right, all right. I fucking hate that song. So yeah, you do get a few songs on here that people uh, coined the term uh, "goth" or uh, "goth disco." Yeah, like uh, a means to the end. Dude, he sounds rough. He does not sound good. I'm glad you're not in your head because he does not. I, I'm, I mean, he, yeah, the, the epilepsy alone is fucking rough, rough shit to, to go through. So I mean, uh, his fucking vocals, dude, it's man. And even heart and soul, like every note is wrong. Like you start to wonder if it's on purpose, but it's probably not like mm-hmm. you, cause you can't, you, you get where he's going, but he's just missing them. It's like, it's, it's, he just can't sing. It's like, it's so odd. It's not odd, but like, it's so rare that you get a band where the vocalist cannot hit the right notes. Like even bad vocalists with bad technique or don't know how to actually sing. A lot of them aren't completely tone deaf. He's tone deaf. He might be. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, Okay. So we talked about the dancey stuff. Yeah. The stuff that like really works for me. Mm -hmm. Colony. Oh, it's real good. Uh, I like that one. I'm okay. Putting, I'm putting on a little okay. taste of that one. Um, it's, you know what? I'm going to sit Here we go. Oh, 
This is like Kraut Rocky as fuck. Hell yeah. So good. This song, I uh, don't feel very Joy Division coming from this. Because, like, especially because the production is, you know, very almost industrial like. The song is really repetitive yeah. and driving and has a lot of energy. Um, and also, it's not at all so crushingly depressing. So, uh, yeah, the, the, that one definitely sticks out. I was like, oh, that's a, it's a, it's not what you, I guess, would, would picture with a band like this. But another uh, song uh-huh. I like a lot. 20, 24 hours. You like that one? I fucking do not. Ooh, mm. I like it. I like that one. I'm gonna, yeah? I'm gonna take a, a a scenic drive with that uh with that on for some reason. That song is like it, it's weird because it's somehow depressing and boring to me. Like how can I how am I how am I sad but also like annoyed by this? <laughs> Man, I don't know how you think that song is boring. Like it it really stood out to me. Compare because like okay another thing that we should definitely talk about uh, a lot of the songs like you know isolation obviously and then you know the opening track uh, atrocity exhibition you know the poppy tribal one uh, colony they're all like you know kraut rocky driving a lot of tribal drum kind of stuff uh, electronic and then you get the rest which are the most soul shattering punishing unrelenting depressing songs uh, Passover is pretty fucking brutal. And the last two tracks, the Eternal and Decades. Yep, I was gonna say, did you did you cry on the the closing tracks? As a kid, those two songs fucked me up so much. Um, it, and this is the thing. What I, I one argument that I've heard about this album was that, like, it's not really a depressing album. It just ends with two depressing, really depressing songs. However, mm-hmm. very few albums, and I can't. I'm having trouble thinking of a single one. Uh leaves you feeling worse at the end of it than this one this album leaves you feeling like shit like those last two songs are uh oh my god they're an attack they're an attack on the spirit it's so it's so funny with the eternal like um so there's these more like up up beats not upbeat that's not the right phrase but like more full almost electronic sounding songs Mm -hmm. and then the eternal comes on and the piano almost feels like you're finally like coming up for air like you can breathe after everything else but man real quick it just shoves you right back under dude okay i'm gonna tell you an old an old story an old memory our mutual friend john bowers I've, we, I've been friends with him since <laughs> since childhood, and he was obviously around when I was discovering this album. And I said, "Dude, this band's real sad. I want to show you a song." And I put on the song, and think I'm going to put on for everyone listening right now. It starts out with a bass line that is a regular ass bass line. He's like, "This is sad," and then the piano comes in. He's like, "Oh my god!" And I I watched yeah. I watched the hope leave his eyes, and I'm going to do that for all of you right now. This is the eternal. Something from like the birds or something. Yeah, 
and now we are going to commit a ritual suicide, Alex and I. Yep. yep. Uh, the sadness has become far too great. Also, there will never be an end in sight. This is what? Sorry, <laughs> I was sad. I was sadding for a second. After. After the ritual suicide, people are going to be like, "It's so obvious." They were talking about Nick Drake and Joy Division Absolutely. during the quarantine. You should have, you should have, you should have known. And that Sublime episode, I didn't think they were going to make it. Oh, oh, <laughs> they fucking pure map. This brutal what they were doing to themselves with that Sublime episode. Oh, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, this is actually the third episode in a row with a band with three albums in the, in the discography. Uh, yeah, and somehow we lined up the uh, these weird similarities between Sublime and Joy Division that their final record was released two months after the, uh, yeah. the singer died. The singer, yeah. Um, so it's the eternal. Obviously, you all heard. It's very sad. Very, 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 very sad. Decades, the actual final track. You think with a song like the eternal that, that decades is going to change it up, and then no, and then no, and then it's also no. super, super. It has like in, like silly synths, kind of like uh, in isolation, but they they make it sad, <laughs> and it's a fucking not a, a happy place to leave your album. And man, I, I didn't when I was listening to this again. I, I thought like, man, I don't do I like an album that makes me feel this fucking awful by the end of it? And the answer is yes, absolutely. I love things that make me oh. feel like shit. I'm a horrible person. It's I like I love more that. than that. I actually told you that, huh? I could have told you that. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Funny, funny, Alex. But uh, I, I just love albums that make you feel a thing that like, like a really good fucked up movie. Like, I mean, it's not pleasant, but it, it really, you know, it reminds you you're human. God damn it. And, uh, it sure beats the hell out of being bored, man. Fuck, man. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is a good ass album. <laughs> I'm glad I still like it after all these years. Like, I mean, I don't care for a lot of it, but fuck, man, it it, it sticks with you. Jesus. Yeah, I like uh, I like both albums. It's really uh, a cool thing to to visit and explore. I almost wonder if younger me would have been accepting of these albums. Cause I feel like all the weirdness and the kraut rock, like mm-hmm. made me ready ah, really? for joy division. Yeah. It's pretty tame by those standards. Pretty tame. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is not a wild band. Uh, it's just, just sad. It's just pretty sad, I guess. Um, fuck my thought. I will say uh, we we talked about it earlier, but it is a good point to come back around to that. Um, you you all you always talk about like bands that do these little flourishes and songs, mm. and sometimes this the the little flourishes are just as great as a, a crazy solo or technical playing. And I yeah, I think that's a lot of what Joy Division is. It's. Uh, not like a lot of uh, overtly technical playing at first, but man, when you're you're really like observing it and active listening, it it's great. It's yeah. There's always a, a little something, little something there in the song that's that's different from the the previous time you listen to it. Yeah, that's why I that's what I love about a lot of punk bands, and like I said in the past, people often like to lump punk in with simplicity and, and being young and then playing, you know, four chords fast. 
but a lot of them were real, real talented songwriters. Yeah, these guys are no different. Flourishes, like like we're saying, um, especially with you know tracks like Colony and stuff. Uh, one one thing, one basic idea that just keeps elaborating. They keep throwing little little things here and there, little, little changes along the way. It still retains that same anchor, that same baseline, or whatever. Uh, but fuck, man, good songs fucking upsetting dude this is one of the most upsetting albums i've i think i think this is the most upsetting album i've listened to for this podcast i think so really this this one album is the most upsetting one um it just leaves you with such an upsetting taste at the end of it yeah yeah i don't know if we've done anything so so moody and and dark outside of uh our year-end album picks, but uh, yeah, yeah, our year-end, a uh, good old lingua will fucking destroy your soul. <laughs> that's who we are, people. We this uh, we put on these faces for you. Yeah, yeah, we're just uh, dead inside, uh, for sure, dead inside. But uh, so this is your this isn't your this is your personal favorite, not your best. I guess I'm gonna call on. I feel weird because it's only three albums. I guess I'm going to do the right thing. Unknown Pleasures is clearly their best. Okay. I get it. But as of right now, uh, being new to to Joy Division, uh, Closer also struck a chord with me. I think if this album doesn't strike a chord with you, you got no fucking soul. There's no, like, it's just, (laughs) man. Oh, fuck this album. I don't want to go back to this one for a minute. Like, (laughs) it's going to hurt. Well, also because everyone talks about like unknown pleasures and people talk about closer, it's very, it's, it's also very critically acclaimed, but it's not held in the no, the yeah. same regard. So you're just like, man, are they going to be able to like follow this up? And to me, to me, they did. So, yeah, it's a uh, one thing that I really appreciate. I mean, they only had two albums, so it's not that impressive, but uh, when a band does something perfectly and they, there's no way to replicate that or whatever. So they just, they do, they just deviate. It's like, uh, we mentioned that with, uh, with Slayer with like, uh, South of heaven after rain and blood, like you can't continue mm-hmm. that same train. You have to change it up. Like there's no way, uh, you perfected it. There's no, don't, don't fucking fuck with that. Uh, yeah, this album, it feels way different than the first one. Way different. I will say it is real, real interesting that they weren't like the first. I talked about the Cure and Susie and the Banshees earlier, but it's, it's almost like they perfected it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and no, that's like I love Susie and the Banshees. It's a tomato tomato thing, but mm-hmm. not a diss on the other two bands at all. So we are moving on to the compilation. This uh, has their first EP, which I believe is called An Ideal for Living, um, as well as a, all, all kinds of singles that, that were, you know, uh, Transmission, Atmosphere, Level Terrace Apart, uh, digital songs that are pretty synonymous with Joy Division. This is 1988's, I didn't pull it up because I'm an idiot, Substance. Hold on a second. Is that a is that a punk rock out here? Is that a punk rock? So yeah, this is how he used to sing. It's the same same guy. Same guy, and uh, a lot better. I feel like. Damn. This is a good song. 
of goddamn every punk band from the era. Real good song, though. Obviously, worst album. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, it's a great album because I think they're great songwriters, but it's one of those, uh, by by default, It's uh, it gets worse, but I still think it's uh, a great album with with great songs on it. And uh, But yeah, due to like the other two are just so cohesive and have such a vision where this is uh, jumbled, you know, they're early yeah. jumbled with their early stuff in the single. So it doesn't have the, the vision, but I still think, you know, they're great songwriters and they're, there's great songs on here. Great songs in here. I still think this has a large condensed pile of some of the worst fucking songs. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Like not worst songs, I'm being harsh, but for their track record, their worst songs. Forget about it, man. Like uh, from safety to wear, fucking nope, dude. Like I, as you said, Kumakino, fucking oh, dude. Like from safety to nowhere was actually supposed to be on uh, unknown pleasures. Thank but Christ, it wasn't good. <laughs> that one kind of has like a reggae vibe to it too. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have fit. It was a mm-hmm. smart to cut it from All, the album. Although inner zone was still on there. I think it was called inner zone. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Inner zone. Um, this, this album, this compilation, whatever. Well, first, first off it has the first EP, which like I said, is called an ideal for living. The, I don't, why they mixed up the order is a mystery to me. The first it's, two. Yeah. So the, the tracks, what, huh? What I did today, and I didn't like get through it, through it. But for my personal like uh, enjoyment, I put all the songs, like every Joy Division song, I put them in chronological order. So one day I'm gonna sit down and like, uh, I listened to a little bit of it though, and it like it makes a lot more sense that way. Or maybe that's just because that's what me and you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like you can like hear them evolving that way when yeah. it's in order. So, uh, but the the original the first EP were it was a song uh, Warsaw, which was the opening track we put we just put on. No love lost, leaders of men and failures. All four of those songs are on this compilation, but they are very scattered. The first uh, the first two tracks are Warsaw and leaders of men, and then the the remaining two songs are like fucking twelve songs later or so or more or something like that. Um, so in between that are just singles and all kinds of other shit. Uh, this easily without a fucking doubt, his worst vocal performances and maybe one of the worst vocal performances of all the entire punk scene. I got some, I got a fucking timestamp for you on a transmission. Damn dude. The, I, I'm gonna let y'all hear because I, I fucking, I just can't. Here we go. This is where we at. This is transmission. Defend that bullshit. What the fuck was that? I'm not. It is what it is. Oh, man. Oh, you know what? One more. One more since I'm already shitting on him. All right. Atmosphere. Dude, atmosphere. 
one of the most loved Joy Division For songs. For fucking like, what reason, man? I, I'm gonna wait till it plays. Yeah. Wait, did you put it on? Yeah, it's on right now. Okay, I'm gonna wait till it's over. It sounds like it should be in The Lion King. It is a very... Uh, very at home in an 80s compilation album. Don't walk away. <laughs> walk away. Ian. Oh boy. Ian Curtis gives me hope that I could I could front a band because I think. Uh huh. I think that's in my Q zone. Well. If uh, I guess I would not be a supporter of yours if, if that's the case, because holy God, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, this for sure so, has his worst performances. Yeah, I think that song is beloved because uh, John Peel, that was the song he played after he announced Ian Curtis had died. Of all he the songs song he could have picked, of all the great songs. You gonna argue with John Peel? You know how many careers he's made, Mike? Uh, yeah, he uh, recorded Hundreds. The Birthday Party and Killing Joke and other bands that no one's ever listened to ever again. <laughs> John Peel Scott. No, John yeah. Peel is a shit. That, that dude's awesome. Yeah. Was awesome. Recipes. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think that's why that song is is beloved. Question. The song Digital. When you first heard it, did you immediately think of Violent Femmes, Blister in the Sun? No, I didn't. I did. And I don't... It, I didn't draw the. I want to give people the chance to 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 watch. Come on, motherfucker! So it's yeah, not this. Okay. It's new thing is it's not though. It feels like it. Like I'm not gonna put on Violent Femmes, but the first thing I thought was like, oh, that's just. They they completely ripped off Joy Division like that's they just completely ripped it off for that and then I put on the violin and I was like these are completely different notes these are completely different mm-hmm. rhythm it just feels the same uh, not a rip off but it's like it's eerily similar that is the last song they ever performed live oh, that, as well that sounds familiar really oh mm-hmm. odd um, so catchy and happy and poppy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was this like so so in it for this the like sonically and the the music that uh I didn't really like get hung up on the the vocals. Not that you're wrong because mm-hmm. I think uh I think you're you you're right to a point, but uh, uh like yeah, I can't I can't argue it. You you're right. Uh yeah, I mean yeah. He, he served his purpose for sure on the albums like they they were excusable here. The songs are are not depressing at all and they're not produced in a way where they're they're kind of like uh encouraging a hopeless sad sounding dude. It's just a guy who's no. trying to sing who can't. That's what all these songs sound like. Um I think uh also, huh? it's it's frustrating that the the punk songs are like separated because uh no love lost like you can start hearing like what joy division would become in that song yeah but it kind of gets 
you don't think about it as much when it's tacked on at the end. It's annoying because, uh, like we like we said, like the the final two tracks of the EP, uh, they're w- way at the end of the compilation, and they like it's a good EP. Like if you put them all in a row, it sounds it's a completely different band. They sound like a punk band. Vocals are way better, and like he he's more of a shouter. I don't know who told him that he should try to sing low because he doesn't have a low voice. Um, but those, these all fit together. There's all good songs. They, they need to be together. And then like, it's just disjointed and the way they kind of come out of nowhere, like, Oh, they're punk again. Uh, it's, it's just a poorly paced compilation. I feel like. Yeah. Personally, I think it works way better in chronological order. Yeah. I think, I think it would. Yeah. But we live in an age of uh, digital stuff and streaming service. You can fucking do it. Playlists. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, with transmission, I I don't think I got caught up on the vocals because I'm like, okay, this is like those punk tracks are kind of jarring, especially like I don't know too much about them. So the punk tracks are jarring and then transmission you're like okay this is yeah like what they're they're known for i don't actually don't even like regardless of his vocals i don't even like the song it's just i mean it's the same two notes and it's like i i if it's if i'm not mistaken um it's another major second which is like you know Mm -hmm. a full step like man i hate that i hate that progression in all of music Um, how do you feel about uh auto suggestion uh boring yeah I, I thought it was pretty boring i don't know i th- i think that's like their most kraut rocky really song so, so you dug you dug that one you know what we're, we're gonna put on a little bit of it it's coming it's coming back to me now yeah it is very kraut rocky long too long song yeah, very driving, just simple. Yeah, I like the way it's produced. Uh, I don't like that bass line, though. Yeah, the, the drums, I don't know if specifically, you know, like dub reggae influence, but the, the echo on the drums. And- mm-hmm. So it does a lot of that for like six minutes. Um, you know, like with songs like that where it's just one bass line going at it for a fucking hour, uh, I gotta love the bass line. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I fucking will kill myself. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it immediately coming to, coming to mind right now is uh, House Full of Garbage from Shellac. Like, that bass line will echo in my dreams until after I'm dead. That's how much I love it. And that song goes on for like seven minutes. I'm like, it's not fucking long enough. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, what else is there? Just, I mean, it's just, it's just also really, really long. Like compared to the albums, which are like 40 minutes a pop. This one's in over an hour. Second half is I pretty think, rough. I think also because this has like the two biggest songs on it it's kind of like a a misrepresentation of the band like yeah like this is probably a lot of people's first joy division album it should not be this this seems yeah. like a uh good if you're a fan fine but everyone else or, fucking. or 
I, I don't, I think it's got its moments. I think it's, uh, what am I looking for? It, it works in like the journey of the band, but, Mm -hmm. uh, they obviously have more impressive stuff. Yeah. And more consistent too. Like, cause, cause a lot of this stuff, like they're so long where if you find one song that you don't like, it's going to go on for a long time and it's not going to change a whole lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. also there's a, another version of she's lost control in here. Much worse, much worse version than the version on unknown pleasures. But it's, I mean, it's such a good song that it's like, even if it's a bad version of it, it's still a good ass song. So great song. This version, you can, I mean, this is another reason why I hate it. I don't hate it, but reason why I like it way less. Only one bass, only one bass in this version. Come on. You need two bases. You need two bases. You need two bases. God damn. That's our uh, Larry David argument for the song. Yeah. I'm fuck, man. I, I, <laughs> I really need to change my behavior, man. I get compared to that guy way too much. Uh, but worse by default, but I mean, this is, this is a band that is not for everyone, but it's like not, I would not call them like super niche. I think people look at them as a niche band. Uh, because of like the like like I said, the fans, people associated with like gothiness and, and more the cure kind of stuff. Um, I'd say way more accessible than that, way less of a it shouldn't be it's not as like a clicky. Like this isn't these are universally good songs. I think anybody can like these. Yeah, I think because like to this day, like uh Hook and Sup- Sumner. Yeah, yeah. Or like they just did like a song with the gorillas. Um, they're still working. They're still, um, you know, went on to do new order that because of their longevity and uh, ability to stay around that. Uh, actually, yeah, I kind of disagree. I think they are a little more niche than in my head, at least. But because those dudes have you know, gone on to do other things that people are like, Hey, these joy division albums are fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually we brushed over it when uh, we we're talking about in Curtis's death, uh, died or killed himself. Like was it, I don't remember how soon before their very first U S tour, I believe. Oh yeah. They did. It was like right before, mm-hmm. which is like, and that's like fucking double sad jesus christ man like uh let me see if i'm gonna if i can find exactly uh i'm looking it up as we speak uh whoa i'm not gonna do that there's a whole lot of things about his death (laughs) but yeah uh sad band good band uh don't listen to don't don't let the image of sad people listening to this deter you from a legitimately solid solid fucking band uh, but I mean, I guess if you want to do a recap, it's a very brief recap. Brief, obviously, a best. Yeah. Unknown pleasure, personal favorite, closer, worse substance, and best personal favorite. Unknown pleasure is obviously worse substance. Uh, goddamn, good band. I need a, I need some happiness. And the we, we keep always teasing the next episode. The next episode is not going to be happy. And it's no. way longer. This the, we've been doing. We've been knocking out three album discographies for a while. This next one's going to be a little bit, a little bit beefier. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more taxing on the soul. Fuck, man. Fuck. 
I hate you for saying that because I knew it. I knew it. I just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think the moment we start, we'll remember that music is good and we like mm. music and there's nothing wrong. There's a reason we're doing it. Yeah. God damn right. Also, we really have no excuse. We got nothing else. <laughs> Fuck, man. All right. But thank you so much for listening and watching. If you would like to support us, please subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places. Rate, you know, give us a five-star rating, leave a review. Please make it positive if you would like, or you cannot do any of that stuff. But please do that stuff. Tell a friend. Telling a friend is always the most important thing. Uh, we want to be spread. Uh, may Maybe like certain viruses that may or may not be in the air as we speak. Bad reference, but a very relevant one. <laughs> I was going to go more positive. I was going to say it. Want to be spread like that? That Andre Three Thousand songs. So which one? Spread. Oh, see, I, I was actually going to cut you off and say HIV. So I'm clearly in a very morbid mindset. We just listened to Joy Division, dude. Why? I, I want to die. What? Why? You know, I'm talking about Andre Three Thousand here, <laughs> and you. Oh, so I'm like, the bad guy. I'm the bad guy now. I'm the bad guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Are, oh, okay. You're okay. the bad guy. Uh, You're the bad cop. I'm good cop. That's usually except how it goes. On the, yeah. Except on Simon and Garfunkel. Roles are reversed. And Sublime a little bit. I don't like Sublime, sub- but oh, I backed yeah, them up a little bad. bit. Yeah. I'll take bad guy credit on Sublime. Yeah. Uh, and if you would like to listen to our picks for favorite Joy Division songs, our playlist that we put together, you can listen to that at Spotify. There should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening and watching. And of course, there will be all that at everyalbumever.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and all my music bullshit at Pounder Monkey and Alex. At Mother Puncture. So I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to choose this last Obviously. song. But Obviously. I think you already know what song I'm going to pick. And I think you're going to be very pleased which, which one I'm going to pick. I probably would have picked the same one. Then. Exactly. So we, we've come together once again. Uh, agreed way more than I thought we would on this band. Thank you so much for listening. And this is obviously. What, huh? what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? It means you got bad taste, Alex. All right. It means you got bad taste. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, yours is pedestrian. It, How about that? <laughs> oh. you, you're, throwing no, critic, just, you're throwing critic words at me right now. Pedestrian. I'm, I'm, Next, you're going to say I'm uninspired, Alex. Am I uninspired as yeah. well? I'm just throwing out words now that don't really mean anything. So this is She's Lost Control from Unknown Pleasures. Thank you for listening, guys. See ya.
Control again.